everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk episode 518. This is the music and technology podcast uh, that we do every week, Wednesday about 4pm UK, although not next week, because next week is the holiday season and we will be... uh, not doing a podcast and I think the next one is going to be I think it's the 3rd of January which is the following Wednesday so in many ways you're actually getting uh, an extra episode because quite often it falls in between and we end up losing two episodes but just the one this week so I want to introduce you all to our guests oh before I do I want to say uh, this week's show is sponsored by uh, Bitwig if you want to check out Bitwig DAW we've got a little bit of a message coming up from there it's a dynamic modular DAW with a highly custom customizable workflow and also over isotope uh we have a competition from them a little bit later on isotope ozone 8 you can win a copy uh which will find out it will be uh, january before you find out whether you're going to be that winner but uh, once again we thank them for sponsoring the show also say a quick hello to our chatties they're there in the chat room, which is at sonicstate.com forward slash live. You can find all the details there. And also the YouTube chat room as well. Hello to you two folks. Thanks for joining us. So let's start with our guests. Um, let's go. Uh, let's start with Mr. Rich Hilton, who's there in Connecticut, uh, where he mans the controls of Nile Rogers Studio and also plays uh, in the traveling disco band Chic and plays a roly. And of course, Rich, you are uh, you're about to, you know, head off and do a bunch of gigs over Christmas, right? Or certainly New Year. We're doing uh we're doing the New Year's gig in London. Wow. On the yeah. BBC. That'll be fun. I'm I might end up watching that as well if I'm not out partying myself. But Well, uh, I hope you will. We'll ring in the new year together in London. That'll be lovely. What a lovely thought. Yeah. Nice to have you, Rich, of course, as ever. And uh we also have uh Oh, well, I was going to go here. I'll go to here, Mr. Yard Navu, who came on a couple of weeks ago as a new guest. Uh, Yard is, of course, a very experienced mix engineer, producer, also works on a lot of stuff with uh, Waves, where he's got a sort of... Is it, how do you split your time, Yard? Is it kind of uh, 50-50 or 25-75, or how does that work? It's more like, yeah, it's more like 25-75. So uh, I spent about a week out of every month here in Tel Aviv, um, working for waves developing new products and and things like that so yeah excellent well it's good to have you here 25 right okay got you Uh, yoad is uh on his mobile tethered because uh we were doing some network tests so i'm sure it'll be fine but if you get any glitches that's why but uh we try and push the barriers of technology to bring you this show every week so uh, we're doing that again and also we have mr dave spears g4software.com who is uh, wearing a very lovely are you come dressed as uh, cheryl cole uh, to a fancy dress party there dave or <laughs> hey, hey. Why right, man? Have you caught fighting in the toilets? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was nothing to do with me and Cheryl Cole. Uh, no, I noticed that actually my camera's up really high. And uh, so I found a hat because if I was to do that, then all you get is flare off of the lights. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, so Dave. Like, must find hat. And we're 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 looking at you. I mean, this is your new top secret synth layer facility, which is, I have to say, very densely populated with synthesizers. So, uh, is are you up and running now? All the lights are blinky. Yeah, we've got quite a lot of blinking lights, uh, quite a lot of blinking synths. Yeah, still more to fit in. We've still got the Chamberlain stuff and the Mellotron, but the Mellotron's in my room, which is upstairs in another building, and no one wants to help me lift it down the stairs. And honestly, my back's just not up for it. Even just getting that CS80 out and in 
And then back in again was just like, we're just looking at each other going, I'm too old for this shit. So, yeah. <laughs> so which Mel is why indeed you make plugins. <laughs> well, the, yeah, exactly. And I mean, the Chamberlain, the M4 is 300 kilos. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So we don't really want to move that in a hurry. And that's been restored anyway. So they can keep that for a little while. But I'll give you a look round if you want. I can show yeah, you. Yeah, well, maybe bit. we'll maybe we'll have a look in a little while. I I I would okay. I would say um, three hundred kilograms isn't that actually kind of pretty much illegal for any human being to lift these days? Yeah, isn't it got to be under kind of forty kilograms and that's it? Should be. I'm not getting it on this hand baggage on a plane. That's for sure. <laughs> I can't can imagine, imagine what that it? would cost. I imagine what it would cost just to <laughs> freight it would be as astonishing. Anyway, we, well, we bought it in LA. We bought it in LA and we freighted it back to the UK. So that was like, whoa. And that was rocket cargo as well. We didn't know about the kind of cheaper alternatives. Oh, my Lord. Anyway. Wow. Yes, okay. I'm sure the it was worth it. I'm sure it was worth it. Well, of course, this is the uh, end of end of year show. So it seems like a, a fairly sensible thing to start thinking about. Um, we uh, normally, if we'd been a together publisher, we'd have started this kind of process in about uh, October. We have run polls, and we would have said, you know, okay, what's your favourite X, Y, and Z of the year? And we'd have had all these public votes, and we would have creamed it on the page vote views because we could have put a different product in each page, you know. But we didn't, so we've decided to do it much more ad hoc and on the fly. So, um, what would you say? Gear, favourite gear releases from 2017. I, I mean, it doesn't have to be a whole selection of things. I'm mean, just thinking if there's anything specific that you thought, hey, that was really cool for this year. So I, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, everybody's thinking, don't start with me, don't start with me, don't start with me. Yo, Ad, <laughs> I'm going to start, I'm going to start with you. It can you be a product it. that you, you. you can Thank be a product so that you've worked on. Well, you know, last in, first out, or first in, last out. I don't know how it works, but uh, so you get yeah, to go first. Yeah. FIFO, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so... I would say I haven't actually tried it yet, but I'm definitely going to buy it, um, which is the Prophet Rev 2. Ah, okay. Um, I, That's so I don't know if it's still considered, yeah, 2017 or 18 or whatever. But I think that that's a, that's quite a big a big one for me because I I love the at the moment I have two Tetras because I really like the sound. Um, I don't know. For me, there's something, and and I think that that would probably uh, link us to to the next to one of the topics that you're you're going to to talk about today. It may well it may well uh, do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that that the Prophet Eight was was a really good machine. I actually prefer the Tetras because of the feedback and uh, overdrive. Which sound amazing, you know? It sounds amazing, um, it, it's not this, quite the same in the Rev Two, but the Rev Two offers um, what they call shape, which is basically pulse width, if you will, on on all waveforms, which is something very interesting. Um, and I just like the the sound of it. I like the sound that there's something about the headroom. Uh, it's a modern synth. But uh, so it has all the modern, you know, um, matrix and all that, and uh, loads of envelopes and LFOs and all that. But but there's something really classy about the just the sound of it, which I really like. I I know a lot of people don't like the Curtis filters, but you know, if you don't crank up the resonance too high, then that 
you know, which I, which I kind of try to avoid anyway, because with baselines and stuff like that, you want to get the full kind of oomph and low end and uh, and silkiness. And I really like the sound of it. So, yeah, I think that that's that's the one for me. Excellent. Well, I may be able to help you there if you're looking to purchase one, because we've got a review one here that they've offered to us at a price and we're not in the market. So uh, speak to me after well, class. That's absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. OK. Um, yeah, And I have to concur. I mean, uh, I really enjoyed reviewing the thing. I mean, I think it's uh, it, the, the amount of modulation possibilities are really quite uh, you, you. It's one of those things that you go, ah, yeah, that's great. If only I had a Oh, wait, I've got another envelope or wait, there's another routing here, another mod matrix or whatever. So you can I can definitely concur that it will give you all of that stuff. Right, Rich. You're up next. How about you, uh, product of 2017? Well, it's hard to go up against the mighty Dave Smith in this kind of thing. So I'm going to suggest something else, even though I think his stuff is as good as possibly could be had. Um, and though I haven't actually physically played it, I'd say the Matrix Brute uh, deserves some recognition because it's a brilliant design. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I, I had that in my short list as well, actually, because, I mean, I, I, and I remember when I reviewed it, it was just kind of like, I like the fact that somebody's actually had the, the cojones to make something so outrageous, it, you know, whether or not in this climate, you know, that's what I liked about it. And I think that that counts for yeah. a lot too. Yeah, it was made out of what I believe was some form of uh, pure motive rather than let's see if we can stick a few oscillators in a box for 500 bucks kind of thing. It was, it's, it's a cool thing. I think, it, I think they did well in designing that. Yeah. I Possibly would agree with the that. Best, yeah. Ever from them. That's a fairly good show. Yeah. Good call. Good call. All right, Mr. Spears, uh, over to you. Oh, you've frozen. I don't know if you're still there or whether you've just uh, frozen yourself into a kind of freeze. It looks like somebody's just coming in the room. And you've turned around, and maybe they've tripped over the Ethernet cable, and that means that <laughs> <laughs> that you're, you're offline for a bit while you fix that. Well, that's okay because I've got a couple of other things here. So if while we wait for uh, Dave perhaps to come online, I made a short list. Uh, I thought the Novation Peak actually is a pretty good little synth. It's got some uh, it, it, because it's got three oscillators, and the amount of uh, the effects are really nice in it. And there's a lot of mod and a lot of audio rate mod. I think that's a good contender. Matrix Brute was on there as well. Um, uh, Halion Six, probably not the most obvious one, but what I really liked about the idea of Halion Six, which is the Steinberg sampling system, is you can effectively create your own. Um, uh, standalone sample instruments with kind of interfaces and built-in uh, other business. So that was a good one. Uh, what else have I got? The uh, Roly Seaboard Block and the uh, the Touche, the, uh, another French connection there. But it seems like we have uh, Dave's been breeding. So hey. <laughs> there we go. We have Mr. Chris. Hello there, Chris. Chris and Dave, the founding fathers of GeForce Software, together in one room. What does it take to get them together in one room, eh? Oh, look at that. And a bottle of champagne and a little... How are you, Chris? You all right? Merry Christmas. Yes, Nick. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm lovely to see you in person. I haven't seen you in it for ages because you don't do trade shows anymore, at least the ones I go to. So it's been a while. <laughs> See you at NAM then, right? Got? We oh, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, let's go. 
Oh look, we could do a what's that? That's a that's a oh that's a five a, 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 a five up. So we have Yoad Navo and Rich Hilton. Uh, Yoad, this is Chris uh, from uh, GeForce Software, and Rich, you Hi, know Chris. as well. Hi Chris. Hi Rich. Hi. Hi guys. So, so we were just on. We yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry in fact, we've all got we've all got our Christmas hats on of some kind. In fact, you've got one. Well. Sort of. I'm well, yeah, green sure Christmas. Yeah, I did try to, to find a hat for for this, but it was a tambourine rather precariously balanced on his head, and we felt it could have presented some kind of health and safety <laughs> issue. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. So, chaps, we were just talking about, you know, more like highlight releases from 2017. So everybody's kind of been around. Just wondering if there's anything specific that you kind of went, you know, that was pretty cool. I don't know. Did it come out? In- 2017 because for me the mini moog the new mini moog the d uh, okay yes i think it not, was in the summer wasn't it the moog one yeah 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 i think we only got that this year and and i was a bit reticent about it at first but honestly it's like you can plumb in aftertouch and then it becomes like a sort of pro soloist and it's just it's amazing i mean obviously we've a would it because we've got a very early board mini moog which obviously mini monster was done on and that has got real characteristics uh, one of which is that the keyboard scaling is completely up the kyber. So it'll be in tune down here and out of tune up here. And I've learned over the years that if I need it in tune up here, I'd need to adjust it to this point on the master tune. But this one's just like, it's like a brand new Minimoog out of a box. And it's got another LFO. So for me, yeah, that's that was a highlight. Other than that, it also Soft. signals um, a call for us to get a call going Korg Odyssey, because the frustration with the scaling on the mini's gone with the new one. Now Dave's focus is on the frustration with the yeah, because we've got we four have. Odysseys and, and they're all and every single one of them's got some kind of issue and ends up with you know something. That lumin, you know, the one with the kind of illuminated lights, which looks great, is great, but those lights end up affecting the output. So there's noise on there. Uh, the Mark 1s, yeah, we had that fixed, but then that turned a bit flaky. And there was obviously a weird batch of um, key uh, bushings. So one key's a bit raised. Mark Two's still up with Kent being fixed. Anyway, yeah. So it'd be nice to get a work, particularly in here, because the idea of here is that people come in and they just go, right, I want to work with this, 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 and this. And obviously there's no guarantee that everything's going to be working, but where you can minimise the issues uh, wherever possible, I think that would make sense. And then in software, uh, oh, God, I've spent most of my life in RX this year. So, again, it's another one of those things that just makes me go, wow. And every iteration of it, there's always a kind of marked improvement in certain areas. So, yeah, those are the two. Those are my two. Okay, that's cool. Well, that sounds like a good batch. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add to that, but uh, that sounds like a good place to start. Uh, in fact, because um, we now have uh, a couple of sponsors in the show, maybe the thing to do for me is to, uh, to just to bring you a little message from uh, from our Bitwig sponsors. If you've not checked out Bitwig Studio 2.2, it's just out. Bitwig Studio 2.2 is here. Bitwig Studio combines both timeline and clip-based sequencing on Windows, macOS, and Linux. It features VST3 support, plug-in crashing protection, and a highly flexible user interface. With a lightning-fast workflow for keyboard, mouse, and also touchscreens, it's great on the new Microsoft Surface devices. 
Modularity is also central to Bitway Studio, focuses on strengthening the way devices interact with one another and offers a highly flexible modulation routing system so you can route almost anything to anywhere, including audio rate modulations. Bitwig also offers many sync options. MIDI, MIDI Clock Master Slave, MTC, CV and Gate, Hardware Audio Clock and Ableton Link. So why not try Bitwig Studio today? Go to bit.ly slash bitwig now and try it out for yourself. Thank you very much for their support. Um, right, okay, so next up, um, I wonder whether to go to this guy yet. Uh, not, because, uh, as you said, yeah, uh, it's a kind of, it sort of links into, uh, if I go to this four shot, it links into uh, what you were talking about with the Rev 2. So if we start uh, with this, this is one thing I shot actually at uh, Superbooth, because I was looking online for some, uh, uh, let me see, I think I should probably skip past the ads. Hey, here we so, go. Uh, Heckman, um, you here, you've got a new thing here at Superbooth, right? Yes, we do. So you have heard and you know, you all know that we did a software called Repro One, which is like it's like a little bit like a vintage mono synth, and it was a really it's got a really strong character and all of that. And when we released it, people asked. I want to be able to play chords with it, but it's a mono synth and that just didn't really work that well with it. So we sat down and we did this. We call it Repro 5 and as you can guess, it does chords. It's polyphonic. Right, that's, I mean, that, that very dark and dingy video I shot with Mr. Urs Heckman himself was just a way that I could introduce the actual uh, Repro 5, which is now out as part of the Repro package, which you can buy now. So that's, and, and Yuhi seemed to be, even though, I mean, this, I, I filmed that back in March, uh, March or April, and it still seems okay. They seem to be one of those software companies who are able to uh, be months and months <laughs> away from schedule and yet still don't seem to get any kind of like flack for it at all but it's supposed to be a really uh, brilliant because they've they've put a lot of work into it i i was going to come to you yeah because you were saying the rev so do you use any of the yuhi plugins in your uh in your setup yeah i have the hive and i really like it i have you know um some comments about the the ux and ui um but uh, but it's a really great synth. I really like the basic sound of. Um, I've tried some of of their their plugins, the the instruments. Uh, I settled for the Hive because it's it's kind of I don't know, uh, straightforward sort of two oscillator synth. Obviously, it has a lot of modulation capabilities and and things like that. But the basic sound is is pretty good and uh, yeah. And from what I can hear, they they sort of kept the, the same level of of um, you know detail and uh, and headroom and fatness in the in the Pro Five. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they seem to do. Th I mean, they go they've gone with this one. They've gone for a very straightforward. Uh, 
interface in terms of you know it looking like the hardware representation the software representation of the hardware i know you guys you know i mean that that there's no kind of uh uh, uh well at least i don't it's a, i don't think there's any kind of beef between you guys i mean you 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 and you he, you he's a great guy great coder i've interviewed i don't know if i did the meet the makers thing it was a really interesting conversation top chap and of course howard scar works with them as well designing stuff have you checked this out guys either of you i haven't i haven't uh but I mean, honestly, Urz's stuff top of the tree. In fact, I put I put Howie and Urz together uh, years and years ago. That's one of those moments that comes back to bite you on the arse occasionally, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, Urz's stuff. You know, everybody knows it's top. He's and and the thing is, it's interesting because we were talking about this as part of the uh, email that you sent out. It was this idea of people allowing people to be not necessarily late but for releases to kind of you know get extended as it were and uh, obviously everybody knows you know we were very guilty of announcing things before they were ready uh, and then a couple of years ago we just went we're not doing that anymore we're only releasing stuff when it's ready to go and there were many reasons that we that things end up getting delayed mostly fixes and stuff and i know you know, it's weird. I've been doing some consulting for a company and they were saying about they don't want to release anything until it's ready and they made some noises in advance and it tends to backfire. And certainly you end up kind of listening to the noise of the internet and whatnot and trying to accommodate as many people as possible. But I think one of the reasons, one of the key reasons, and I know, I'm sure I can speak for us both on this, that we decided, no, it will only be released when it's ready, is that when you announce things in advance... What that does is that then puts, with all the noise of the internet, that puts unnecessary pressure on the engineers. And they're quite delicate people generally, and they don't <laughs> like being out of their comfort zone. And it seemed to be unfair because you're going, look, you know, we've announced this when, 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 and they're going, well, you know, it's got to be right and whatnot and whatnot, and they get kind of anxious. The thing with Urs is he is the main engineer. And I think what's really fascinating is that, so when you have an engineer go, Look, I'm not saying this is the case because I haven't, I haven't really paid too much attention to the development cycle of this, but in Urz's situation, people are far more likely to go, oh, give them some breathing space if the engineer goes on and says, actually, I need a break or I need to go away for a couple of days and just recharge the batteries. And I think that's, you know, I've, I've got a lot of respect for Urz and I like a lot of the way he runs the company. I love his NFR policy, all that kind of stuff. So... Yes. I, look, anybody who's anybody in this industry knows that Repro 1 is good and Repro 5 is as good. So, yes, there you go. Excellent. Excellent. Rich, I know, uh, have you, do you use any uh, Yuhi stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Zebra. I have Zebra. I have a copy of Ace around here. I have, I think I own a copy of Diva. I'm not sure. If I own Diva, Diva's wonderful, but uh, and Hive is great, and uh, this thing is awesome. Repro One was fantastic. Now, I'm not sure what all this is really about with the delay aspect because I don't think Repro One's been out for much more than a year, and it wasn't a couple of months before they announced Repro Five and Beta. And as you point out, he's both the owner and the engineer, so he can delay things as long as he wants. And uh, they tend not to put things out until they're fairly magnificent over there, as we know. So I don't really feel like it's been too long to wait for this thing, especially when you consider 
that if you bought Repro One, it's free. <laughs> ah, that is true. Yes. I mean, in other words, it's not like you're waiting for something that you paid for or put money towards. You bought Repro One thinking that was it, and it was magnificent, and you're using it, and I've got it on patches here, and I, lo I love the thing. It sounds fantastic. And then they've got this great sort of tweak head mode where you can basically take the front panel off and look at the virtually look at the circuit board and tweak things on it to change the way the instrument responds. That's pretty cool. I mean, whether, you know, to whatever extent it actually resembles the component modeled version of same, I don't know, but it's pretty damn cool. And the thing sounds magnificent and uh, all his stuff sounds great. I have nothing but great things to say about Yuhi and their products. It's Excellent. Beautiful. Well, it's a hit all round then. That's good news. Yeah, I think it's part of the bundle. I think at the moment it's 99 bucks. You get the Repro 1 and Repro 5. Uh, and it's going up in January, I think, to 149 for the bundle. So uh, it'll be, uh, in fact, I think I've got a, a, a page here somewhere which will probably uh, show. Oh, no, that's the wrong button, isn't it? It's Christmas. What can I say? Yeah, so uh, it still says it's public beta. So I'm not sure whether they've updated the website yet, but we did get a press release to say that it had arrived anyway. But yeah, all cool stuff. Um, uh, while we're on the subject of soft synths, there's, a, there's this other one from Sugar Bites as well. This is called, now if I can pronounce it correctly, Aperil Aperillo. Complex sound generator, which we believe features 16 voices with two FM operators per voice and all kinds of funky Apollo nonsense with the... Aperillo is a dual FM operator synthesizer with a unique <laughs> and highly customizable unison mode to modulate individual voices differently from each other to create complex, atonal and emotive sounds. It makes sounds like I've never heard before. It's like a movie soundtrack machine. I'm going to start from the back and work towards the actual FM operators for this overview because the Orbiter, which is a new and interactive way to morph the sound, gives a great overview of the sound shaping possibilities, plus it's just really cool to play with. Let's load up this coinery patch and wow, make some sound. Wow, that looks interesting. An interesting kind of like almost children's jeweled uh, jeweled box kind of interface there. But um, it does sound nice, and it's interesting. There seems to be a movement towards synthesizers uh, or sound generators that will generate more massive textures less i mean obviously melodic stuff but more about these occupying these massive sort of sound worlds and our kind of scapes and um which i suppose kind of makes a certain amount of sense i don't know guys are you kind of uh, i mean you're the stuff that you do generally is sort of instrument specific and is geared more towards the traditional melodic stuff but this sugar bites do some great stuff actually i don't know what you thought of this do you know i hate to say it, i didn't uh I, unfortunately i didn't look at this okay uh, only because of time constraints and you know what I was doing, trying to get things ready today. Uh, but that looked interesting. I was looking at that going, straining at the eyes, going, oh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they could have gone so, yeah. full screen. Video bandwidth is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're trying to save some cash. I don't know. Uh, Yoad, um, I know we ch chatted a little bit sort of previous to the show. You weren't quite sure what the, the setup was. But, I mean, do you – when you're yeah, – when I downloaded, you're... I downloaded the, the demo since and I quite – I'm quite familiar with with it now. I think. Wow! Um, cool. Quick yeah, work. It's very. It's yeah, yeah. It's very impressive. I mean, I really like the the orbit thing. I think it's a, it's a great way of doing it. The way you have this kind of gravitation towards, like, when you get close to to a node, it kind of stretches wires, and then it becomes active. And then the more you get close to it, it you know you get it 
basically the mix between the the different nodes usually it's three nodes that you as 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 you get closer to them they get you know the amount increases which is a great idea because you you can see the wires the little kind of wires that indicates that you're basically magnetized or captured or something is that the or that's it. the orbiter here isn't it this thing yeah yeah and uh, that's a really clever that's a really clever way of of you know producing a, a, of ux basically um what i would say is that when you start with the initial with the init patch um they're all kind of blank so if so nothing happens when you move the you know when you when you move your mouse on the screen so i would like to see like an kind of initial amount which does something even right, the I, see what you mean, patch. Yeah. I know it's it's a, yeah so because you know you have about 20 of those nodes or or little th ground things and and if you need to right click and set the amount and destination the amount and shape for each one it's a little bit kind of boring um i don't i you know i didn't have much time to to explore it in depth but it would be a nice thing to to basically uh enable patch loading which is partial which is something like we do in element and uh, and and codex I, i'm not trying to plug it but i'm just saying that you can some some sometimes can recall when you recall a patch you can just flag out some of the parameters so they are not being recalled so basically ah, so you could just say change the oscillators do. or just change the envelopes or just change oh, i see yeah exactly so or you can just load this orbital or orbit patch into one of your existing working patch patches so that can save a lot of time so you know i know it, it's it's a nightmare to change the, the preset structure of a synth and of any plugin or any any product basically um but but this is something that definitely came to mind um i really like the their their lfo i don't know if you if, if you can show the you know the part of the of the bouncing balls thing um which is which is the lfo yeah i think you have it um yeah that's the one so so basically it's kind of a step uh basically a step or sequence generator or a step generator which goes through 16 steps and each and that's how you create your your lfo um wave shape basically so you can you can it's a very untraditional um way of approaching uh an lfo basically it takes it out of being an oscillator a low frequency oscillator and more into being a arpeggiator or whatever and there's a lot of randomness and jitter uh which is kind of random um value offset between the different uh steps it's it's very interesting it's very interesting um i there's something i like about sugarbytes um products and something i i'm not so much into i mean i, I love op, um looperator and i use it um when they released cyclope or cyclone or something like that i i i wasn't into that i mean it has an it had a nice gui but it was so complicated to use and and then i felt that it was using the same kind of um effect chains that uh 
that they've been using elsewhere and and things like that but i think that this um aparillo uh, aparillo <laughs> synth is kind of it's a nice balance between the um i don't know the the sonics that you can achieve with it and the 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 kind of ux the unique approach to ux um that they they've tried to introduce so i think it's a nice balance it's it seems very usable but also it, it kind of it's one of those things that that allow you to to just change stuff on the screen and it generates noise and noises and which can sometimes be very interesting and um so i haven't like i said i only had like five minutes with it uh just you know before the the show and uh I don't know how about trying to plan a patch like you do with FM when you plan the structure and the you know the relationships between the operators also it has only two um, but but as far as just turning stuff on the screen and and getting some unpredictable and interesting and very good sounding results um, it sounds sounds pretty good excellent well thank uh, you very I, much what for I would say check it out what sorry what I would add um is that i've noticed maybe i'm wrong but i've noticed that the the filter is in the effect section um and it's actually a monophonic filter so um so basically it's it's triggered by last note um and this is something that i find so i haven't really explored the the whole polyphony versus unison mode that they have there so i'm not quite sure about that but uh, it's definitely get it definitely gets re-triggered with by last note um right. so that's it kind of it's in the effect section so it's possibly paraphonic rather than uh polyphonic but uh, it still sounds good yeah i'm not I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out as well rich are you i mean when just just uh, i mean you know the sound of the demo sound kind of night. What is it that makes you know when you see, see something like this? What is it that makes you go, yeah, I really like to try that? I mean, what is it that compels you to maybe kind of want to own something when you see you know it for the first time? Usually, the sound of it is the right. first thing. If it because if it doesn't sound good, I don't care. <laughs> it could be the greatest you know UI in the world, but if it doesn't interest me as a sound device, then I wouldn't be interested. But uh, this thing does sound good. And I think uh, Yo had pretty much covered this thing perfectly, and I can only say kudos to him on his evaluation because it's far more comprehensive than I could ever do. It did sound and look interesting. It seems a little tweaky to me. I don't imagine it's something I would launch with the intention of going to something. It just seems like a place where I could go to make interesting results, unpredictable results, and find things in but it doesn't seem like an applied use. It's more of a, I could get lost in this thing all day kind of use mm -hmm. um, that I could see for this thing. Um, and it kind of combines a little bit of uh, the sort of reactory things I've been seeing and some of Tim Exile's ideas and that, yeah, that modulation thing in the center with the LFOs bouncing off of each other and creating random pseudo seeming random type stuff. It was all very interesting to me. And and he was and he was going really really fast through this demo in the video, which for the most part I could keep up with, but uh, some of the things I could have spent more time with. So um, seems like a cool thing for somebody who wants to get lost in a software synthesizer for a while. 
Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, it's 99 bucks um, or 99 euros. I forget which. So, yeah, if you want to check it out, it does look like, like pretty thick. I think it, you know, it follows all the usual uh all the usual formats, AU, VST, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you need to go to sugar-bytes.de to check it out, which I think I have on the page here. Right, this is the perfect opportunity to have a word from, uh, well, let's talk about Isotope. <coughs> of course, this is Ozone, uh, one of the go-to mastering setups in software, now at version 8. Master Assistant allows you to kind of gets you started on a session with kind of where do you want to go with this, what's the delivery platform, and really kind of intelligently assesses the audio that you're working with and gets you kind of a good starting point that you can then deviate or choose to use. It's entirely up to you. Uh, we've also got the tonal balance uh, control, which allows you to, once you've set your kind of criteria, it gives you this uh, split frequency to show you roughly in what sort of area of uh, energy in each of the frequency domains that you're working on. It's a, actually a really useful visual tool. Also allows you to hook up with other instances of Neutron 2 and Ozone that you might have in the same session. So while you're working on the file master, you can tweak other instances from within the same GUI. And that means that it means you're not jumping around quite so much and just makes the whole mix process a little smoother. Uh, the other thing that you could do, obviously, is you can work with other audio tracks so you can flip between you know uh, tracks reference tracks you get a whole folder full of them just a b a b and that really again helps you get this anything to make mixing easier for some of us it's a really difficult process and the ability to use uh visual representation as well as the machine learning and stuff that uh, ozone 8 gives you then it really does help so uh, once again we thank isotope for their uh provision of the prize this week and we'll get on to that so if you want to check it out you go to isotope.com forward slash ozone and that will get you there so let's get to the competition last week we asked you uh, uh, find the right mouse I've got a lot of Mises here uh, there we go last week we were asking for mastering expert and ozone 8 we have a winner the winner is somebody called Gistovit uh, that's the Twitter handle Gistovit G-I-S-T-O-V-I-T uh, you're the winner uh, mix better make more music uh, which sounds like a pretty good maxim to work from uh, hopefully if you get in touch with us uh, Gistovit uh, then I guess that's gist of it isn't it Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm too focused on the technology around me. I didn't get the simple punnery of that. So uh, just That'll a bit. That's, that, that's probably it. And uh, do get in touch, and we'll put that in uh, to your inbox. Uh, the people, the kind people at Isotope will do that. And we've got another competition this week. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag for mixing. So the hashtag for mixing and the hashtag Ozone 8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So if you want to win a copy of Ozone 8, you need to tweet the hashtag for mixing and the hashtag ozone8 uh, to at sonic state and at isotoping and that'll get you entered into the competition thanks again to them for uh providing the prize this week uh, much appreciated and uh, and for supporting us over the entire year and beyond thank you very much um sorry dave you were about to interject i didn't hear what it was you very kindly no, stopped no, no, while no, i was in full flow no. no i was just taking the mickey out of you getting it wrong i was thinking that'll be that whatever that was you were drinking earlier oh you mean the uh the king's ginger, yes. <laughs> king's. <laughs> Apparently, actually, the king could well be ginger in this country. Once, one, if it's uh, which one of the two, the one of one of the princes is is uh, redhead, isn't it? So it could actually be a fairly true statement. Anyway, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Now this is something new. I mean, we've seen a lot of controllers coming out, and this is something I've not seen before. But it reminds me, what was it? The uh, 
There's a hell of a lot of this. I think I'm going to roll because this is a, actually a fairly dreadful bit of intro music. Here we go. Come on. There we go. So it's a little bar that sits under a keyboard that allows you to kind of use your hand to make expression, pitch bend and mod. It's kind of an interesting idea, actually. Although, obviously, this is working on a very small keyboard. I don't know how long it gets, but... Now, I was trying to remember. Dave, you'll know this. What's... Sorry, Dave. Uh, what's that keyboard that was Telstar, which had the... Uh, um, it had the, the keyboard that moved. Oh, yeah. What's the, mm, no, not not not, not the on on Martina. It was uh, it uh, clavier. Maybe it was the clavier It looked oh, a bit like an accordion, so and the keyboard just sort of, the keyboard would do that. It had a little bit of travelling. It reminds me a little bit of that. Isn't there a Korg vintage Korg O nine? That's that little bar on the front foot. Ah, oh, the PS. No, yeah. that Yamaha. That PS Yamaha? preset oh, thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's got okay. the bar on, you know, vibrato and stuff like that. I didn't get as far, I didn't see this video, I'm intrigued by that. So uh, how does this work? Because the website, i got to say, their website's a bit GeoCities 1991. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> uh, it, it's got, it's basically USB and MIDI, and it looks like it just sits, I, I mean, I, I guess maybe it comes with this keyboard, I don't know what that is, it, that uh, little controller. But it, it just struck me as an intro, because I mean, Korg, obviously... It's a Korg... Um... It's a Korg Mini, not Nano, but I think Korg Mini, Mini Keys. Ah, uh, okay. And it's got waterfall keys as well, but uh, I guess that's irrelevant. But it seems to fit the small soloist type of keyboard that maybe you'd get on top of a, a you put on top of an organ. But yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm going to come to you, Rich, actually, as well, because um, you know I know you you've re you've over this year sort of fallen in love with Roly and the expression that can bring. But it is a challenging um, uh, process to learn it and be able to play it, kind of effectively something like this looks kind of cool though i like the idea of it what do you make of it 350 bucks uh to, no it's not that's australian dollars so it's about 200 dollars so about 250 us i would say somewhere in that region um price aside uh, <laughs> i have zero interest in this thing and i have tons of interest in that thing so okay. that should give you an idea of how I want to adapt my technique from from this one to that one. Um, and the time spent in learning to play it is some of the most rewarding time I've spent in my entire life. So uh, the idea that I'm going to relearn to play the piano with some kind of like bar in front of it is is not interesting to me. Not for you. Okay. Fair dues. No. Um, Rich. Uh, sorry, Dave. Does Hi, it does it remind <laughs> you? Does it remind you a little bit of the um, the the George Duke thing? The Duke. What did he have? That was the wham. Oh, that was a whammy bar, wasn't it? That wasn't quite oh, the same the, thing. Oh yeah, no, but he had that dukey stick thing, didn't he? The whammy bar on the whammy bar. Was he the guy? He had the whammy bar on the clavier, didn't he? Or the dukey stick? That was the. He's an Australian guy who has a whammy bar too on his clavier. Uh, oh right. Okay, oh yeah, sure. he does all the Hendrix stuff. That's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I kind of. I went, I went to this page and I was looking desperately looking for the video because I still don't really understand what it is. It's a bar that, what, sits on the front of your normal keyboard or does it come with that keyboard? Mm -hmm. I think it sits on the okay. front. Cool. Uh, if we go back to here. So ba basically, front. from what, what I understand, from what I understand, it just generates pitch bend <clears throat> in three different axes. So if you push it forward, so and I, I presume you can assign uh which one will do what but if you push it forward it's like a semitone if you push if you push it sideways it's a 
I don't know, three semitones, and if you push it backwards, so it's something like that. So you can assign how it will basically um, affect the amount of pitch bend. Okay, okay, I got it. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you. So, uh, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to kind of because obviously there's uh, uh, you know we got the two expressive touche and those kind of things. I'll come back to you, Yoan. Actually, when uh, I've caught him, took a drink on. (laughs) He took a drink. I'll join you there. Oh, there's not much left in this, cheers. and I'm not having any more. Um, <laughs> cheers. cheers. So, I mean, do you t- do you tend to go for straight controllers, or does does the sort of enhanced controller side of things interest you? I mean, that would be an interesting. Well, basically, I'm a guitarist. You know, I have synths, and I'm I design synths and stuff like that. But I'm actually a guitarist, so the amount of guitar to MIDI controllers I have is, I think, quite impressive. And I and I basically use none of them because uh, <laughs> like the rest of us, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because uh, they're not very good. And I keep trying to find the ultimate one. Um, I suppose that this one, since it's it's uh, basically controlling pitch bend, then it's monophonic anyway because pitch bend affect your whole MIDI channel, your True, entire MIDI yeah. channel. So if you play something polyphonic, polyphonic, it will get affected as well. So I suppose that for a monophonic kind of um, playing, I can get get by with uh, my TG55. I think it's TG, the, the Roland thing, which is quite good. Um, you know, so so, and also from what I what I can, th- there's not many videos uh, of of this vibe bar. Uh, from what no. I could gather, uh, on one of his own videos i forget the the guy's name um the actual korg keyboard kind of moved you know slided off the table went while he was playing so that's that that would be a kind of an like um because it's a very you know it doesn't have any weight this keyboard is nothing and if you if you apply pressure and stuff like that then things would move about which is not this is something I'm definitely not into. So if it was kind of solid, if it came with its own keyboard, maybe, um, and it was like I don't know, be sitting firmly on the table, on the desk, on the table, then maybe yeah, I think it's it's a nice idea though. Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that it, it follows on. So it's sort of a similar kind of vibe to the uh, Espresso V Sonic uh, Touche, except that is much more. That's four independent axes with up to gosh, I don't know how many. I think it's twelve controls you can have in various degrees, positive and negative, whatever. So that's in fact, I think I mentioned that in the uh, product for two thousand and seventeen. So that's a kind of good. I mean, I don't know you guys. Are you? Um, are you? I mean, you've got all those keyboards there. Obviously, you can play a bit, but do you ever hanker after some other controller that you could just think, if only I could, whatever? I wanted to come down and have a go on that Roly that you've got. I think that's the only thing that really makes me. This this seems like an awful lot of money just to control pitch monophonically. Just yeah, seems... well, that's a fair point. Pitch bend when you can have yep. a bender. I do like my Roland Bender. In fact, I started looking at this. What's it called? The Vibe Bar. My wife came in and thought I was buying her some kind of naughty Christmas present. (laughs) I don't think it is motorised in any way. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think it has any... Shall we say it doesn't have any haptic feedback? (laughs) Oh, dear. No, uh, joking aside. uh, Yeah, no. No, No, because... 
you spend years kind of developing a technique. I mean, I do love the, I mean, I keep saying it like it's some kind of schoolboy humour joke, the Roland Bender. I do like the Roland Bender a lot because you can flick it and you can do all those kind of little things. I get on much better with that than I do, you know, standard Moog pitch wheel. Right. Uh, but what really fascinates me is this, is is the Roly at the minute. And I've not, I, I spent a little bit of time when we went up to Kent's with his, uh, but it wasn't set up, you know, like perfectly. And for me at the minute, that's, I can see us doing a few things with that. Chris is the money man, so it's I love, Christmas. I love the idea that somebody who's as proficient as Rich has taken to the Roly <laughs> as a, a new tool to broaden his horizons to change the way he thinks about making music. I think that's... I know we're not... You're not talking really about the Roly, but that, to me, seems, seems to be the... No, and, and, the and loads of people, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, Robbie's heat praise on it. Uh, Ty, yeah, again, you know, Ty, Kent loves yeah. it. And I mean, we were promised an awful yeah. lot with things like Eigenharp and stuff like that, but it's a whole different kind of kettle of fish. I mean, I do I've love got, alternative. I got one of those. Yeah. I've got I've got an Eigenharp Pico somewhere in the shelves back there. Um, have you actually? Yeah, have you tried the Roly? Is that? I mean, I imagine they're probably tried to pimp it to you quite heavily because they they go for industry types, you know, quite hard. So. The thing is, I you know I can I obviously I most of what I do is keyboard kind of orientated, but I'm I don't consider myself a proper player. I can get by. I I do stuff and I'm you know I I use it in all my productions and I do play and stuff like that. But I think that the role is above my kind of pianist skills, so I don't think I would make the most of it. Uh, right. And for for the price, I would I would be very happy to to get one. But I think that for the price, it's it's kind of I'm still going to search from for the ultimate MIDI guitar thing. For yeah, one. well, that's a fair point. Yeah, I think I I think that's a fair. I mean, I I try playing it a bit, and I just I just found that for me, my hands just aren't physically. Uh, configured right to you know without a, a lot more practice because i don't play keyboards a lot so my hands aren't strong uh, that they haven't got that sort of muscle memory and strength in in so much anyway so i just found it quite difficult but yeah what well, each to their own i'm um, let's have a look uh vibe by gosh we're sort of we're sort of there do we want to get to difficult music i know that you had a, a topic about um uh, cloud storage and that side of things because obviously i mean we do t- periodically talk about this in terms of you know delivery whatever i think the last thing we talked about was this swan audio side of things and I don't know, Rich, because you, you, you were saying well, last time we spoke that you, what was it that you used to transfer files? I can't remember what the, what it was. I hadn't heard of it. Was it Box or Box? Box Box.com is my favorite Box. of the file transfer places uh, Okay, for me. I got you. That's uh, not specifically linked to DAW behavior. For example, Gobbler offers various interfaces that relate specifically to certain DAWs. But as far as just general file distribution, I think that Box.com uh, is preferable for me to Dropbox or WeTransfer or even Google Drive, which works fine if you're sending to somebody with a Google account. But if not, they're going to get besieged to, to join up. And I can't yeah, have that. That's true. That's that's a bit trickier. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether because um, uh, yeah, you uh, you were mentioning that uh, you you've been kind of because you you live a lot of your life kind of moving between locations, so you have to synchronize your assets to, to a lot of places. Are you talking about actual full sessions, or is it more just the final results of each yeah, one? Absolutely, that you... I'm not. Yeah, so, 
yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, the file sharing kind of thing is, I think that every service has it and I haven't tried Box, which has some dedicated um, audio kind of features, but uh, I don't have a problem sharing my uh, Dropbox link or, or Google Drive or Amazon Drive link at the moment. My, my concern, and this is something that I've been investigating for the past month, is how to get 25 terabytes or so up there except with random access um, and a way to um, to basically see everything like smart sync on on uh, on dropbox but dropbox it each it seems like each one of the services has some some kind of limit annoying limitations um for instance one drive you can get away with kind of five terabyte on on the relatively cheap i mean the cheapest one out out of the oh, of the lot if you're not considering um hubby c which is i don't know if it's what's the deal with it, it seems a little bit dodgy everyone says it is not sure about that uh, which is very cheap but uh but the onedrive the, the microsoft onedrive doesn't allow you to to upload um what they call special characters which is just you know question mark and hashtags and things like that so it kind of complies with ms dos I don't know, FAT32 kind of <laughs> yeah, right. seems a little bit. I mean, <laughs> come on. And so, and and with Dropbox, you have to ask them for each additional terabyte that you want to use. And and Google Drive uh, is is that there's a jump between two terabytes and and ten terabytes, which is a big jump in price. And you know, I can go on forever. So. I thought it was an interesting topic to, you know, to to, to get into. But, well, uh, I, I mean, I more than the yeah, minutes we have right now. I agree. I mean, I think one of the things I will say, I mean, because over Christmas is kind of, if you're thinking about getting into this, I mean, it's a good time to maybe transfer large amounts of files. I mean, I'm sure the internet will be busy, but it might be that one isn't, and so your machine could be sitting there transferring. But I did find, because I was looking at this, because uh, we're going to NAM next year. Uh, obviously, that's coming up. That's the next big event on our calendar. Uh, January 24th, we'll be there doing our usual thing. But one thing, I, I got a bit of news from the NAM people, and they said, this is the amount of press bandwidth there is for internet, which is, to be honest... If they got, if I'm going to have to clarify it, but it looked like a very small amount of bandwidth to share between the hundred or so or plus, however many press there are. I mean, it's like 30 megabits or something, which is next to nothing. You know, I mean, it's going to be unworkable for everybody. But um, so I was looking into all these other things. And one thing I did come across was this uh, thing from IBM called Aspera, high, field tra high speed tra file transfer. And I'm, I've got to look into it, but it doesn't use the standard transport. So it could just fire up uh, data much, much quicker. And you can work with Dropboxes and things. I've still got a bit of research to do, but it actually, it takes, yeah, reduced transmission times by up to 99%, which is quite a big deal. I don't know what you need for that to work. And it's one of those things that you have to kind of talk to a representative. So it might actually be prohibitive, but there might be resellers out there. But that strikes me as one of the things that would really help the ability to be able to transfer files fast, sort of as fast as your own network theoretical capacity or more. I know you guys, um, Dave and Chris, I mean, you presumably have to move if you're working on, you know, sample based stuff. I mean, are you moving large amounts of data around on the internet? I mean, do you do you kind of do that as well? Yeah, Dropbox, we transfer Amazon, AWS, S3 stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and motorcycle couriers. <laughs> Pigeon. Pigeon. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever it takes, really. <laughs> Smoke signals. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you want a BST plug-in via carrier pigeon, we can arrange that. Excellent. You could uh, have it as a delivery option. I think that would be really awesome. Horse and cart. Yeah. Recumbent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting idea, actually making a slow delivery an option. Yeah. Yeah. Po- postman by foot within the next month. Um, Rich, sorry. It's my harbinger of doom delivery service. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I will have you to say it by recumbent. <laughs> you pick it up. The base of my G-Force Harbinger of Doom t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like whenever there's a beta copy to go out to Rich, it's like, let's send it via carrier pigeon. You'll be lucky. Because <laughs> we don't works. want to know what's coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, oh, I mean, uh, but uh, that 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 does raise an interesting question. I mean, the the UK government, for instance, have tried uh, are, are put, or discussing the idea of a, a directive, which means that twenty megabits will be available everywhere by two thousand and twenty, which is kind of an ambitious uh, concept. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because each country has its own uh, restrictions on the way that they sell internet bandwidth as well. I mean, like in the US, it's it, it's quite convoluted if you want high speed and high transfer, and in Australia, it's even worse. I mean, and, uh, I mean, you you travel around uh, 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 a fair bit rich touring or what have you i mean where where do you find that you get the best internet connectivity outside of your home um, connection it, it sometimes it's in the strangest place it's not like this country but not that country and it's not all these five-star hotels instead of these three-star hotel it it's really kind of hard to predict and even I think within a given hotel, it can vary widely, I have found. So um, I don't have a good, clear, easy answer for you for that one. Hmm, interesting. Okay, well... I, I've been to, I, sorry, yeah. Nick, I've been, I've been in the Netherlands a bit this year, and uh, I think they're working towards 50 megabits per second for all right. their... Which ain't bad. Population. I mean, it ain't yeah. bad. It ain't bad. I mean, I... I think in the US, I think in the UK, I mean, we get, I mean, here we've got fiber. So we've got, uh, I think it's 20 up and 70 down, which is, you know, obviously we can do this show on that and that's fine. And that's just standard business class. And it's not an exceptionally high, I think it's about 50 quid a month, which seems very reasonable. I know you had it. I mean, you you know, is that, have you had experience in terms of what is the, how do you, if you've got us, if, you, if you're going to do a mix somewhere and you think I'm going to have to deliver that, how the hell that's going to work, you're going to have to think about pigeon because the internet's so bad. Well, or? I mean, not really i think that everything is kind of wherever you go it's kind of reasonable i guess unless something goes wrong but i'm but you know this is not quite the the issue that concerns me what concerns me since i do have uh, a symmetric 100 megabit per second uh, connection and i use it a lot and so for the most it would be the upload time that would be the kind of culprit yeah but um mm-hmm. But but since I have a, a symmetric uh, connection of 100 and it's really fast and it's like a hard drive basically you you upload I don't know 30 gigs in five minutes or something like that or six minutes or whatever so or maybe I'm exaggerating maybe it's nine minutes or something but still it's really quick and and therefore uh, and since I move around quite a bit and all my computers all my laptops and and the computers in the studio uh, wherever I go they're all synchronized. <laughs> via Dropbox so I actually record my projects are actually done in Dropbox 
So I oh, say really? as the, the 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 project, yeah, for, for years I've been doing it. So my project, when I create a new folder, it's it's my project folder is in Dropbox. So as soon as I do something and I play and record something, record audio or save as or whatever, it goes up to Dropbox, it goes back to another computer in my studio, like a server that then uploads it to Backblaze as backup and then it synchronizes to uh, to other laptops so it's it's all kind of there all the time and uh and what i really need is some decent storage space um with random access so i can access it there's some some services like expand drive which allow you to um to basically see because the annoying thing with dropbox is that you have to sync and unsync these folders because on the laptop i only have 500 um yeah, gigs of, sure. of storage on the internal drives and and if you put since i work into that folder i need it to be ssd as well so so i have a very limited amount of of storage i can i can um, assign to dropbox so i need to sync and unsync and sync and unsync all the time now with smart sync which dropbox provides services like expand drive and o drive you can actually see all your online uh, the difference between um, SmartSync, which is uh, just a Dropbox sync, um, and Expand Drive and O Drive. So Expand Drive and O Drive allow you to to log into different services like Amazon, Google Drive, and all those, and have different accounts in in all of them. And each one basically gets mounted as a drive. And ah, on this drive, you, you see you see all your offline files as if they were. Um, as if they were on your computer, but they have a little cloud icon, so they don't take any space of your hard drive. But if you do need them, you just double click and it's there. So you can actually load a logic session by by just double clicking on a on a file that is not even on your computer. Then it will sync it and and do that. And you can actually copy between Amazon and Google Drive by just dragging the folder which is not even on your computer. So these that's these are the kind of things that that I'm into lately, but I just need the the, the storage space. And it seems very tricky to get a good service that will do it. I don't mind paying the money. Right, but, but it's this the actual know. size of oh, okay, I see. Uh no, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds like a really promising, and particularly if you've got super fast stuff. Anyway, I'm I think we're probably getting towards the uh, that that part of the show where it's uh, it, it's kind of time to say goodbye and, and happy Christmas to everybody. And it's been a pleasure as ever having you all here. Don't forget, I'll just quickly uh, reiterate. We want to say thank you very much to Bitwig. Uh, do check out Bitwig two point two point two. I think uh, Bitly slash Get Bitwig was the. Uh, was the URL. And also, don't forget, if you want to enter the competition to win Isotope Ozone 8, uh, looking for the hashtag for mixing and the hashtag Ozone 8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So just uh, go ahead with that. And I guess we're kind of down to that last little bit. So I know you chaps, it's been lovely to have you. It's really great to see you again, Chris. I I, I can't wait to come. Actually, oh, no, we were going to have a look around your place, weren't we? Can we have a quick... Well, is that going to break anything? Can we quickly have just a look? Yeah, so yeah, let's break Leave everything. on a high note, yeah. So try not to pull okay. over any computers or anything. Yeah, it could be chaos. Okay, Chris, I'll have to stay by the microphone. He can call out what what we see. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe what it's I'll do while we're doing... Go, you know, they have the little conveyor belt going past. I'm okay. sure everyone can hear you anyway. Yeah, if I shout out. Right. Oh, my Lord. Uh, 
Okay, so Mini Moog and Wurlitzer. Wurlitzer Visualizer and the Mini Moog. Optigan. Optigan. And probably the most expensive synth we've ever had, the Korg Micro X. Okay, no <laughs> laughing at that. Obviously, we all know those. Yes. Oh, there's a little... Um, little brother. Little brother, little brother on top of the... Oh, yeah. Underneath, Neat. we've got the CS80. Yeah, the CS80. And then here we've got some... Oh, AKS. the AKS. Oh, okay, We can hear them, actually, Chris. Thank you. It's... it's and the Rev 3, Profit 5, and the JG8, and the Pro DGX and Imp Controller. And over there, we've got a Profit 10. I didn't know you had one of those. And then we've got a bit of a stream machine thing going on, five going on there. Freeman. Freeman. That mad. Uh, Selena. Selena. This is where all the uh, Chamberlain stuff's got to go. I don't know how we're going to fit it in there, but that's an orchestra. And then this is kind of tap, tap corner. Nothing of any real note. Oh, apart from that, we like that. And obviously, I love the clavy. Is that nice. a minute? Minute mode. We like, yeah. And then we like the SY1. Or yep. Wow. Crystal. Two. two. Uh, string machine. CS30. Wave station, the one I blew up by plugging it into the wrong power supply, which is now fixed. <laughs> and obviously the Holy Grail of Synthesis, which everyone loves, the DX7. And then we've got modular stuff over there. With Oh, and the 2600 is over in the corner there. And then we've got all this here, and then we've got that there. And this is amazing. We really like this. That's fat as anything. And you will never see one of these working, but this does work. That is, is that a Simmons drum sequencer? Wow. And then with the Roland and, and Andromeda. And then we come over here and we've got uh, Odysseys, Oscar, Wasp, uh, MS20 original, uh, love that 800 dB. And then we've got six track and 600. And a Rev 2 Profit 5, love that, absolutely love that, SSN chips, vocalist, uh, these are a bit of a wild card, two multi-tracks, very bit strange, ah, and we've got a 101, wow. uh, 8000, SH2, that now needs some work, we found out, 8000, BP330, uh, D50, W30, and there you go, that's it really. Dave, I've got a tip. I've got a spat. I've got that's awesome. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, a round of applause for the uh, for the synth tour there. Good work. I've got a tip for you though. If you want to save some space, you should really consider getting a bunch of Roland boutiques because you could you could actually reclaim a whole, a whole bunch of that stuff back. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Is that what's that? Is that an name? Is that Looks like an a spider, a wasp, a labeler, essential, and what was Robbie's old um, polygamist? Ah. Mm, stuff down there. Wow. Yeah. God, that it really is impressive. Wow. That's well, taken Chris a while has been to get. Doing all the uh, soldering. Oh man, how are your fingertips, Chris? Great. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear there it. Go. 
There's your Christmas you're working treat. that off the rest of your life, Dave. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, I can yeah, only yeah. imagine. Uh, well, there's two things to consider here: a electricity bill, b repair, ongoing repair bill. That's the. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, we put stuff in, and it's like, right, crystal solder up. So we're doing it in sections. So each of the sections goes into a submixer that then comes into the desk. So the submixer takes eight stereo feeds. Uh, and then, of course, so Chris will do all the soldering up, get it to the desk, and then we'll go, right, we're going to test that area out. And invariably, there's something that's like, broken, broken. No, there's have a fair got, few bits of that. So have you got any other storage there where all the broken stuff lives? Yes. Ah, so And there bro- are other synths up in there as well. And obviously, I've still got synths at home. So We've also wow. got some Mellotrons. Yeah, Mellotrons, Chamberlains. Drum machines <laughs> and then CS- various various people who work with us. CS sixties. Oh, CS sixty. We still got yeah. Wow. Uh, two two JP sixes. JP sixes. Two cats. Cat sticks. Yeah. We need a new room. Yeah, it's not have big you, enough. Have, or perhaps you should consider getting some uh, therapy of some description to just sort of like yeah you know, tame your. <laughs> that that might be cheaper. Even you for two of you. Sell the yeah. <laughs> I think you might be right. Sometimes we sit here and go. Do you need therapy more than me, or do I need it more than you? Uh, and next year we have to pay the loan back. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Before the... Oh, that's brilliant! Thank anyway. you very much, guys. That's uh, thank you very much for the tour. It's been a real pleasure as ever, and uh, a very happy Christmas to you and uh, and your families and everything. It's been uh, great, and uh, maybe have another fabulous year. Uh, and also, I want to say thank you very much, Rich. Thank you also for joining us. Hope you get a nice bit of free time um, before you're back on the road and, and out again. And uh, and uh, have a lovely New Year's Eve. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you very much. So, well, Rich, are you playing at the at the gig? Uh, at, at, so, is this in place of the music that goes to where the fireworks? Because they always this used to be like the kind of big goes up to and after. This is the music that goes up to and after the fireworks on BBC One, as I understand it. Ah, ah. okay, cool. Oh, that's really funny. I know the guy who used to put all the music yeah, together man. for those fireworks. He does like the Strictly theme tune and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be winding him up going, you out of a job? <laughs> well, no, they may be actually still doing that. We may be playing up to and after that. I'm not exactly sure okay. how the run of show goes, but we are playing the, the midnight slot and on the BBC. Cool. Nice. Well, it's been a pleasure. Also, Yoad, thank you very much for joining us also. Uh, I know uh, you're you're only the new guys, your second show, but thank you very much for being available, and uh, I hope you have a great Christmas period. Excellent. I don't think it's quite as intense uh, where you are Christmassy wise, anyway. So uh, you, you don't. It's not celebrated no, quite. Got, the... Just got here from yeah. Just got here from London this morning. I'm in Tel Aviv now, doing my waves, kind of week this week. Uh, yeah, Christmas obviously is not uh, such a big thing here in in Tel Aviv as much as it in UK. But uh, still, you know. So Merry Christmas, everybody, and uh, I don't know. See you in the new year, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Merry Christmas everyone. And all thank you thank you to all the listeners. listeners. Yeah, all everybody who listens and watches and comments. Much appreciated and we'll see you next year for some more fun and games. That's it for this week. Thank you very much. See you next time.